This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode 271. We are the Fight Disciples. This one is dedicated to the world of boxing. If it's the first time you've ever come across us, you can get all our stuff on iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Uh, And you can get all Android feeds uh, on our website, fightdisciples.com. We've also got a new uh, Instagram account, uh, mainly because um, one of us, you know which one, uh, was a bit of a bellend with the last one. Um, posting stuff that he wasn't supposed to post. People know I'm so, I've got no idea about social media, so they know yeah. you're talking about yourself anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you've followed us for the last three years, you know that I've had two Facebook uh, accounts closed down on me, and now I'm, I've managed to crack Instagram as well. <laughs> just, when, just when we get 11,000 followers that's as well. It, that's it. Well played, cattle. Twitter, I'm coming for you next. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Jesus. Uh, so there's a new one on there. So all our social media feeds are at Fight Disciples, apart from Instagram, because I can't get that handle back because it's now defunct. Uh, so it's at the Fight Disciples. And we're, we're putting, see what you've done there. See what I did, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and we're putting some uh, nice bits of content up there, bits of... Uh, interviews and what have you. There's a bit of George Groves, a bit of Darren Till, a bit of Terence Crawford, a bit of Amir Khan up this week. And obviously, our new show, uh, courtesy of Dan Hardy and Mark Gonard. Listen, listen. They are doing a show called Listen on the first Monday of uh, every month. They're going to be just sitting down for an hour and waxing lyrical about all different aspects uh, of fight sports. Uh, amazing insight. It's a it's, great listen this week. It's unreal, yeah. I've been listening to it on my way, on my way here today in the car and... Um, I immediately text Mark and said, when is uh, your next judges and referees seminar? Because... You signing up? Yeah, I've got to sign up because you listen to Mark explain the whole uh, TJ Dillashaw stoppage. Now, we were vocal the other week when we reviewed it saying, fucking scandalous, outrageous, what's the referee doing, blah, blah, blah. But then you get Mark's take on it and you start questioning your own your own opinions. And you know what? I've, I've, we've both been covering MMA for a long time. Um, it's about time. We went on this referee and judge. It's about time we learned something yeah, official. Exactly. Because <laughs> Mark's take no, on it is, I like is being kind the, of... I like being the keyboard warrior that, sit, that drinks beer on the couch watching yeah. the sports and having the, the, the layman's uh, opinion. I don't yeah. want a, a proper technical breakdown. <laughs> anyway, we'll do that. We'll be good. It might help as we are boxing as well, seeing as this is the boxing show. Where are we starting, baby? I'll tell you where we're starting. We're starting at the one to watch for 2019. I told you this boy was good, didn't I? I told you. He played with his victim. He toyed with him like a little kitten with a ball of wool. Tiafimo Lopez. He is the absolute nuts. Now, listen, I have seen loads of people on social media sending messages to me and just in general about Tiafimo's celebration, saying that he was disrespectful, saying that he's absolutely out of order. Now, okay, if you're a soft ass, yeah, sound. I get where you're coming from. I don't want that. I want him to be entertaining. I want him to give me highlight reel knockouts and highlight reel celebrations. Was he disrespectful towards his opponent? Yes, he was. But so was Prince Nazim Ahmed in the 1990s. And that's why I got into this sport. This kid, what is he, 23, 24 years of age, he has got the absolute lot. Knocks kids out and gives it the big in. Bring it on, sunshine. It wasn't bad. What do you mean he wasn't bad? He wasn't bad. Those left well, listen, were ferocious. Listen, listen. I sound like I'm Marco yeah, Lord now. I'm turning into him. Um, I just remember Diego Mag- Magdaleno getting stretched out by Turbo Terry Flanagan in the second round. And so to watch Lopez... Push through seven rounds. Push through. Are you taking the piss? <laughs> he absolutely just played with him. He had him down on the deck a couple of times. He was just having fun, mate. Yeah. Getting, getting, the, getting the miles on the clock. Do you know what I like about Lopez? 
probably even more so than like he's got so much talent and ability and he's a ferocious puncher. But and and this resonates with anyone that listens to the show about my favorite fighters. Full stop. Yeah, he's a dick. Isn't he? He is a dick. Like he's, he's one of them. Like, he's like having Luis Suarez in your football team. Yeah. When he's when he's your team, when yeah. he's part he's of the you, oh, he's he's amazing. That's it. But if he's in the opposite corner, if he's in the opposite gym, you just think, what an absolute cock. And he, and he does come across as a bit of a dickhead. However, his ability is amazing. I love the fact he dis he, he just completely dis uh, disrespected Magdaleno, um, and fucking did a little bit of a, a grave digger type routine to him. And so I love all that. Great, bring it on. More and more, I like that more than ever. So I'm an even bigger fan than Tiafimo Lopez post victory. But I've got to be honest, going into that sixth seventh round, I was just thinking. Turbo Terry did it in two. Nah. Turbo Terry did it Come in two. Come on. He was just picking his shots. He landed every single time. And when he when he wanted to finish it, it was all about him. He just went, right, I've had enough now. I've had, I've had what was it, seventh round when he finished him? Yep. So he's like going, right, I've had six rounds now. I've got it under the belt. Can I put my foot down? Yeah, go on then. I'll do it. And he absolutely starched the kid. The first left hook, he's like a stunned rabbit in the headlights, isn't he? He stood there going, oh, shit. And then... Oh, just the for, just the brutality of going for the second left hook and yeah. nearly knocking his head into Raw's head. Unbelievable. Now, I know we're talking out of turn here a little bit and we are being quite disrespectful, but this is why we're in this game. Fuck yeah. Come on, let's not let's not pussyfoot about it and talk about the sweet science and the beautiful art stuff. We'll do that later on when we're talking about Ko- Kovlev, no question. Mm-hmm. But we came to this sport and the MMA... To be to, entertained. To be entertained. To watch dudes get knocked out. Let's not fuck about it. That's what we wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And he knocks dudes out. And then he mugs them off as well. It's even better when he does that. That's what it's all about for me, entertainment. The fact that we've come away from that fight still talking about Lopez. Yeah. When the referee had the world's greatest sit-upon. Did you see how bad the yeah, referee's it, wig was? good in that, wasn't what it? I, I'm thinking of getting one. It was like, it was like a Lego Sean Ryder head. <laughs> He had like a, a 90s centre part yeah, it was nice. full of grease, but it was the worst syrup I've ever seen. It was like bright black. Syrup's a great word, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a name for a wig. What N- yeah, I know it is. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. a syrup is a great word. If you missed it, go back and watch the fight just purely to see Gregorio, Gregorio Alvarez, I think mm. the referee was called. His syrup is well class. And for Lopez to be able to overshine that wig, <laughs> that just shows how good a performance <laughs> it actually was. <laughs> Unreal. Mm. We'll go on then, we'll talk Kovalev, seeing as that uh, there'll be people getting angry with our ranting uh, and celebrate, uh, celebrating a Tiafimo Lomas, uh, seeing as that we picked him out about a year ago and we told you that he is the one to watch for, for this year anyway. Yeah. I've noticed that he's not, um, he's, he's not ranked above your boy yet, Devin Haney. Of course he isn't. He would make a mess of Devin Get Haney. Get the fuck. Get out of town. Anyway, that fight's going to happen at some that point. That is going to happen, mm. yeah, definitely. Um, Kovalev. Dished out an absolute one-side beating, didn't he? Um, during the during the commentary, this uh, who supplied it? ESPN supplied it to Box Nation. That's the feed that I've watched, right? Yeah. So during the commentary, I'm on board with all the, the actual commentators, but there was a moment where they were saying boxing writers around the ring was were seeing something very very different. I've gone online and I've seen quite a few people saying, "Oh, it's close. This uh, Kovalev might need the last round and all this type of stuff." Take no notice of my cop and jelly. He said that. He's a tit. Yeah, but there's a couple of others that have said that, and I'm thinking to myself, "They've all got an agenda." Any before you take views of any boxing journalist. 
just quickly check where he's from. And who's getting paid. And if he's getting paid by Ring, i.e. Golden Boy, i.e. a rival of who fucking Kovalev's with, disregard him. Disregard what he's saying because he's got an agenda. Hmm. And Coppinger's the same. He's a, he's a well-informed guy. He's ahead of the curve on loads of boxing news. But when it comes to shit like this, put it this way, he put that. He put a thing out saying, I've got it fucking close. I've got it like one round in it with a round to go. And you're like, what the fuck are you watching? Kovalev has literally won every round. But then 24 hours earlier... He'd put on his Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kovalev banned him from... Fucking uh, disgrace this, getting banned by not allowed to speak to Kovalev. Yeah, you're not allowed to speak to him because you've got a fucking agenda. That's why. So That's why David A banned us. Exactly. <laughs> because we, we, were bell you, we, we were bell, bell you mates. <laughs> Mate, this is part... This is what people don't understand. Sometimes... Uh, this is what frustrates me, and it happened in MMA when Ariel Hawani was crying on on his social yeah, media man. feed because the UFC wouldn't let him into an event one time. He's like, <laughs> fucking man up. This happens in sports journalism. Back when I was covering Liverpool and Everton, if you pissed the clubs off, they would fucking ban you from press conferences. They would ban you. It happens, and in boxing, listen, I missed sitting ringside at Ricky Hatton versus Costa Zoo. Because Frank Warren hit me with a legal letter about a piece of written about Amir Khan. I didn't go on social media and cry about it. I didn't act like a little bitch. No. You got yourself I, a ticket for the bleachers. I bought a ticket and sat in the bleachers with the fans. Bastard. I wasn't missing that, Frank. But then, literally, on the Monday morning afterwards, I get a message through from Frank's office saying, you've had your rap on the knuckles now. Everything's sound. Don't worry. The, the, league, the court case is getting dropped. And that's just kind of how sports journalism works sometimes. Mm. You've got to be careful who you piss off and whatever. And if you do piss people off, you have to take it like a man. So, anyway, let's get back to the actual fighting point. Smashed him. Kovalev was absolutely sensational. Did, did Alvarez win a round? No, I didn't think so. I had one, and I hate doing it. Round three, Yeah. I, had, I thought, go on, I'll give you 10-10. And that were it. I, I didn't see anything else. There was moments no. in rounds like, I think, six, seven, yeah. maybe. In was, the mid-rounds, there was, was moments. where he catch him. Yeah. Go, oh, here we go. Here we go. And then he wouldn't put his foot down. And Kovalev was all about the combinations. He was yeah. doing a lot of single, obviously a lot of single jabs, doubling up the jab, and then bang, 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 bang. And you're thinking to yourself, well, you've won the round. Yeah, and yeah. you've not really had to do anything. No, he didn't. He's not, he's not made you work or anything no. like that. Normally, I mean, fair play to you. I know that we're going to talk about betting at some point. We're <clears> our better <throat> partner, right? Cheddar, Do you know, and I'm so glad that I didn't tweet this, right? So we, we were both in agreement that Garcia would beat Cheeseman. We'll get to that later on. Yeah. So you've put that up as, a, as one of the bets, yeah. and you've doubled it up with a, a Kovalev points decision. And when you put that up, I went, no, Alvarez is going to do him late, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to tweet. I'll, I'll just let it go. But when it comes in, I'll get all over Nick <laughs> on that, right? And then, it, and then I'm watching the fight going, well, that's my bet gone. Because I, I, I put the opposite on, on my own right. personal bet. Mm-hmm. And... I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Normally, rematches go very similar to the way yes. that the first fight goes. He wasn't even in it. No. The champion think, wasn't in it. I think the reason why, because Kovalev in the first fight just didn't look like Kovalev. He looked like he was shot to bits. And the fact that he did come back, the fact that Kathy Duva put him back in front of our eyes again, especially in an immediate rematch, meant that his head wasn't like the first time around. You know, this wasn't like a... Um, it's like when David Price rematched against Tony Thompson. He had nowhere else to go. Mm. He got beat by him. They made a bad decision to put him back in. You could see a million miles away. His, his confidence was shot to bits. It was the last thing they should have done back in Liverpool as well. And Tony Thompson beat him a second time. This was different. Kovalev was the man. He was, he was on, on the pound for pound list. He ran into Alvarez and everyone went, oh, he's finished now. He's at his best. In his day, he was a great, great champion, a great light heavyweight. But the fact that they brought him back for this straight rematch, his legacy didn't need it. So that's when I was like, okay. And then someone... 
who I'm pretty close with, is close with with the with Kathy Duva, and they fed back to me and said, "Listen, Kovalev's on it this time. He is on it. He knows how dangerous Alvarez is. You're going to see a, a Kovalev masterclass, and that's why I was convinced. Well, if Kovalev turns up even ninety percent of what he was, yeah, he boxes the socks off Alvarez all day, and, and he that's did exactly what he did, and he did remarkable given the first fight though. I thought Alvarez was shit to be honest. Yeah, he was shit, really, surprisingly robotic. shit. Yeah. Regarding um, regarding this division, is this is this the most competitive division. I know that we talk about welterweights a lot. We talk about bantams a lot. Is light heavy the division? Because if you look at it, right, you've got, obviously, Kovalev now, on that performance, you've got to say, fucking hell, he's right back in there, being the WBO champion. Yeah. Gavodic, who's obviously uh, Loma's mate. Yeah. And uh, Usyk's mate, who's the WBC, I think. Yeah. Uh, Bivol, Baturbiev, and I'm just mentioning champions here. We saw uh, Brown, obviously, put in a great performance a couple of weeks ago against Badu Jack. It's fucking elite level there, mate, isn't it? Light heavy is elite level. It is, and do you know what? The, the problem with all them names as well, other than other than Kovalev, the rest of them aren't pay-per-view fighters. No, none of them are superstars. It, it reminds They're just me, brilliant. Yeah, it, this reminds me of the Cruiserweight division two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it needs a if, World Boxing if Super World Series, Boxing Super Series can get their shit together, and that doesn't look good at the moment. We'll but talk about they, that in a minute as if well. If they can get their shit together, light heavyweights... I know that they tried to do light heavyweights this year, if you remember. Mm. And when we spoke to Callie about it, Callie Sowerland, he was like, it's too fucking difficult because of all the there's TV so many, channels. Yeah, there's so many, all these, uh, all the top guys are with different TV networks, not only promoters, but different TV networks. It's just an absolute minefield and they couldn't get it done, which is why they revisited Cruisers. But light heavy needs that. There isn't one, again, other than Kovalev, there isn't one standout star where you think, wow, he's pay per view. And for that reason, I think. Kovalev now should be 100% target number one for Callum Smith. Step up. I think he should step up and go for Kovalev. That's the biggest fight out there. I know we're still waiting on Triple G to see if he signs with the zone and whatever else, and that could still happen. But obviously, Canelo's going back down. Canelo's not interested in Callum Smith. There's no other big fight at Super Middleweight for him, in my opinion. I think stepping up, getting Kovalev in the ring, maybe going to America and doing it as well, announces Callum Smith in this light heavyweight division, as you say. Yeah. There's a shitload of it's wicked It's a shame, fights. really, because he, he can make 12 Stone quite comfortably, can Callum, right? Can. But there's no there's no superstar it's, there. It's like Bellew, walking away from the cruiserweight division to there's go and fight David Day. Do you want big money? Well, where's the big money fight? You've got to take a chance. I think Callum Smith might have to take a chance and go up and face Kovalev, which is dangerous, because again, Kovalev, the weekend, look back to his old self. Hmm. Kovalev faced Alvarez fight. That's who you want. But, if Kovalev's heads back on it now and he's, it's a tough fight for him, but it's the big fight out there that maybe Callum Smith's career deserves. Hmm. Uh, we also said on last week's show that uh, Richard Comey had finally get the job done. He got it done in an extreme yeah. style, then he superb, lines himself a lovely unification now with Lomachenko. The kid has got concrete in his hands, yeah. right? We know Linares put Lomachenko down. I'm not saying that Comey's going to go in there and beat Lomachenko, but it's a really interesting fight. Because you've got the equaliser. Yeah, but how many times, how many of them guys with the equaliser, like Nicholas Walters, people like that, that Loma's fought, that people go, the difference now is this guy's got real power and Loma just schools the fuck out of him. Made him quit. That's what I mean. And I think Comey, while he looks sensational there, you know, what what was he, Ghana's ninth world champion or whatever it was they were saying all over the commentary. He wasn't fighting anybody really. Uh, Chaniev was there to be it. You know what I mean? So he couldn't get out of the way. So, listen, 
it's always the worst thing to to come out of a fight like this as world champion and then realize that your first fight has got to be Lomachenko because you think, fuck, well, there goes my world title belt. But Comey deserves it. He'll cash in big, obviously. I thought it was wicked that he had shorts on of all the kids from his hometown or whatever it was, all the junior boxers and stuff. That was a wicked little point. But, Did uh, you see um, Loma's reaction? Because we, we've spoken, obviously, to Anthony Carolla recently, yeah. who the WBA are mandating as uh, Loma's number one. Mm-hmm. But Loma wants to, obviously, get a little bit of uh, leeway with that in order to unify the division with Comey. Yeah. So Loma went, listen, if there's a problem, no, pro- no it's okay. I'll fight them both on the same night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably fucking meant it as yeah, well. No, he that's did. A, that's 100%, a scary thing. 100% he meant it. That's that'd, a scary That'd be some night, wouldn't it? Um, and uh, Oscar Valdez, great to see him back. Yes. Early doors. I thought, yeah, you can tell he's a bit rusty. Early. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it was a great finish. You love a body shot, mate. <sighs> he put it right down the fucking solar plexus, didn't he? Stole his but then, soul, ripped but then, his... Ripped but then his... that uppercut as well, like, he just yeah, beautiful. T- tear my stomach. I was just like, oh, fucking brilliant. Can you imagine him and Josh Warrington? Well... F- That's in, the one, isn't it? In my, I'm watching it, I'm thinking, <clears throat> if I'm Josh Warrington... This, this, for me, it's the biggest fight in the division. Bigger than Santa Cruz now. Yeah. I, I think if I'm team Warrington now... I'm all guns blazing for Santa Cruz. Really? Take Valdez for the big one. Take Valdez at the end when all the belts are on the line for the unification, for the ring magazine belts, for the undisputed. Valdez is the last destination because the kid fucking hits like a freight train and he's young, he's hungry. He's he's just... I think he's the biggest nightmare in this featherweight division. And if I was Josh Warrington, i go down the old route of... Go get a big name. Do what you've just done. You've just you've just nailed Frampton. You've claimed that scalp. If he can do the same with um, Santa Cruz, Santa America. Cruz, and then come at Valdez for the whole whole enchilada, I think that's the way to do it. I think going through Valdez face is risky, man, because the guy just hits so hard. But mm. it was a brilliant performance, and obviously we're buzzing at the moment. So the fight disciples are buzzing because of the tips last week all paid off in boxing, mm. but I didn't get to do it until Saturday night. I was so busy. And then someone tweeted me. I was actually out with my wife mm. and someone messaged me. And went, are we getting these fucking tips or what? And I just jumped on William Hill and was like, right, here's this week's bets. And I just banged it on. Obviously Garcia points and Kovalev points. And then I jumped on the UFC bet, but I remembered on the show the next morning, I was like, wait a minute. We said Commie by knockout. Yeah. And we said fucking Lopez by knockout. Yeah. And had we put them on, and now some people who'd listened to the show did them as well. Yeah, I know. And it seemed one of the lads had won over a grand because yeah, yeah. he'd done the whole lot as an yeah. accumulator. Um, can I just say that somebody complained at uh, Lopez taking seven rounds to knock somebody out? <laughs> Yeah. I put it on one to I put it on one to three. You said you were going to knock him out. Yeah, he did knock him out. What's your problem, man? Fucking <laughs> hell, we're, we're not that good. Come we're, on, we're I, hot, want, we're not that I hot. want the minute of the round of <laughs> exactly, when he's going to yeah. do him. Yeah, man. Mm. Uh, great card, that really good card. Probably um, now it feels like boxing in 2019 has started yes, because that was a tre- yeah, that was a tremendous, tremendous card. And yeah. obviously, earlier on in the night, we had one at the O2 Arena which wasn't a tremendous card. A lot of gimmies. Don't get me wrong, I thought Craig Richards was really, really good against Jake Ball um, in that particular fight. But again, it just looked levels apart, which it, which I don't think was a surprise, really. But it was a good stoppage by yeah, the referee. Yeah, it was good. Listen, it was a good performance. Well. Steve Gray did well to stop that fight. Well, on that then, on stoppages, mm-hmm. should the Cheeseman fight have been stopped earlier on by his corner? Um, 100%. 
one hundred percent. He got absolutely he got battered. battered. And um I think we said this listen, last week, didn't we? Tony Sims is a really experienced coach, man. Really experienced and he knows Cheeseman better than anybody. You know, he, he's his coach, obviously, but I'm watching that fight and I'm thinking, why are you sending him back out? But not only that, they're going to the corner and I know Tony Sims is brilliant in certain scenarios because he is so cool. He's so relaxed. He speaks really slowly, really clearly. You know, and, and sometimes when the fight's everywhere, yeah. that calm in the center of a storm is exactly what you need. But when Cheeseman's getting his head fucking punched, punched everywhere, and then he's going back, and Tony Sims has got this real quiet, unassuming way about him. It, it just seemed counterproductive to me. It's like you're literally getting your head punched all over the place. You're going back to the corner. When you get to when you get to round eight, there he's got to he, be telling him. He's got he to be telling him, Ted. You need to do what I'm telling you to do because I'm presuming Tony Sims has got information yeah. to change the fight. Yeah. Otherwise, why is he sending him out? You can't just send him out and go keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully, he'll slow down. Garcia was never going to slow down. He got fucking engine for days from the first round to the last round. Garcia was throwing combination punches. Well, that was it, right? Spiteful combination punches. So the first punches. six, first six rounds. I'm doing a radio show at the time that this is on, so I'm watching it thinking, fair play to Ted Cheeseman because he kept coming. He never gave up, and he was making Garcia work at maybe a pace that he didn't necessarily want to work at. So I watched the first six rounds thinking to myself, Ted, you're getting battered, but can this Spanish kid work at that pace? Can he work at that pace? And then I watched another two rounds, and I went, he ain't going anywhere. Exactly. He is not going anywhere. So that's the point then when Cheeseman's corner's got to go, okay. Fuck this. Either change it or fuck it We've got to do something completely different, or this is your last round, Ted. You're going to have to do something different. Show me something different, otherwise I'm pulling it. And you know what? Maybe... You know, ultimately now, we're at that question mark now where, you know, the reason we tip Garcia is we knew he was a lot more experienced. We knew he was fit as anything. And the footage I'd seen, he was like that, throwing punches for days. And I was reflecting on Cheeseman's performance against Byfield when he ran out of ideas and Byfield came back into the fight. So I I had a feeling if Garcia puts it on him, Garcia can keep going. Can Cheeseman? Because Cheeseman almost died on his arse against Byfield. And ultimately, the same thing happened here. Now, Tony Sims knows Cheeseman better than anybody. If Tony Sims... There's two reasons why he should have pulled him out. One, Cheeseman isn't isn't starting plan B. You need plan B now. He isn't doing plan B. He's still doing plan A. Get him out. He's not doing what I'm telling him to do. Or the other alternative is... There is no plan B for Cheeseman. Yeah. That's the only way he can yeah, fight. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's where I'm at with That's, him. Tactically, he can't do anything else. He's he's not experienced, potentially mature enough. Saving for another day then. Like, high enough IQ, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But you're right. That's when Tony Sims goes, Ted, we, in his mind, this is not a conversation to Cheeseman, but in his mind, he goes, we can't win this. Ted can't do anything else. There is no plan B as in completely changing tactics, doing something completely different. He can't do that. He's not that fighter yet. So this is my point as a trainer to go, that's as good as we can do. This kid's going nowhere. Ted ain't going to knock him out because he ain't wobbled him once and taken him out for another day because he's a young lad. He's only just won the British title. This European title fight probably came too soon anyway. It only came because Okoli can no longer headline these cards. Mm. Ironically, Okoli puts in one of his best performances yeah, 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 yeah. on the undercard. But Okoli used to be the guy that headlined these cards, but after two you know, great stinkers. fights, but stinking performances last year. He gets relegated to the undercard. Cheeseman gets whacked up to the top and it just didn't work out. And that was the most disappointing thing because I think, I, you know, I you've got to point the finger at Tony Sims. He's, he's got to pull Cheeseman out because we could all see it. I'm sitting at home watching it going, 
what, what are you expecting to happen? And when he was going back to the corner, there was no like, why are you not doing what I'm telling you to do? It was all just quiet. And, and I was like, man, you, you, you're taking fights out of his game here. Mm. And I was thinking, if he fights Fowler next, Fowler smashes into bits. Yeah, I'm yeah. not just saying that because Fowler's my, pros- my one to watch in 2019. But I truly believe Anthony Fowler gets Cheeseman out of there because I think he punches harder than Garcia. Yeah, he does. He does. And watching that, I was thinking to myself, Fowler must be licking his lips. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Coley was good though I thought Coley looked good on the undercard and Felix Cash what a great performance that was to become Commonwealth champion I thought the bill itself to be honest there was some cracking fights on there but it just felt like watching it and I I watched it late on as I say I was out I watched it on tape delay if you like so it was about one o'clock in the morning by the time I watched it but I'm seeing all the other fights and it's it's entertaining and I'm like I I didn't know what had happened with Cheeseman but I was thinking, the fucking writing's on the wall here. This is all going too well to plan. Something's going to go wrong. And that was part of the reason why I fancied Garcia as well. Once people, once you win a British title, you can't then start talking about world title fights and everything else. You've just become British champion. It's about stepping up gradually. This would have been a... Had Cheeseman won at the weekend, that would have been a huge step up to become European champion. And for him to then go, and then it's world after that, I'm thinking, mate, you're so far away from that at the moment. Mm. Experience-wise, you are just not ready. Mm. Just not Especially ready. when you compare everybody at world level in his division. In that weight class, you're like, mate, don't go anywhere near it. Mm. Anywhere near it. But I th- you know what? Garcia will be back. He'll be back on these shows, mm. whether it's the fight Liam Smith or Kel Brook. Or- I would not be surprised with his Spanish roots if Jaime Munguia's having a look, fancies a little bit of a go. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. Something in there. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, there were your fights over the weekend. Lots of news obviously happened last week, and there is a uh, a podcast available and a YouTube video of a sit-down that we had with uh, George Groves, who decided to hand up his uh, his gloves last week, calling time on his career. 30 years of age, retired, eh? Living the life is the boy, innit? Absolutely living the life. Nothing left to prove, and it was kind of refreshing, actually, speaking to him and him saying, listen, I've done everything. Yeah, I've made a few quid. I've achieved my ultimate dream, which was to become a world champion. What's the point in fighting on for the sake of fighting on? Most people fight on because the flame's not gone out. Well, my flame's gone out. Most people fight on because they need to earn a few quid. Well, I've just been wedding back World Boxing Super Series, lads. I don't really need to do any more. Yeah. Um, what's the point in, in, in tainting a legacy? Go and have a, fight, a third fight with J- James DeGale. If I'm not fully switched on, James DeGale might beat me. What's the point of that? So you've got to take your hat off to him. He's had... Um, I think when I look back at George Groves' career, it's a, it's a story purely of perseverance. He's a very talented lad. They did extremely well in the amateurs. He's had a lot of disappointment in that career, hasn't he? Um, and as he says in the interview that I did with him, talking about the frotch things, for him to have the mental toughness to come back from that knockout at Wembley Stadium, yep. to go and obviously then get beat off Badu Jack, to keep going, to keep going, to keep going, and then to lay it on the line that night at Bramalene against uh, Chudinov to finally get the job done. Takes a special type of person, and that's what, how I will remember him, just the mental toughness that he showed throughout his career. Yeah. And a killer jab, of course. It was jab was fucking unreal. I, I've always liked George. I've always really enjoyed spending time with him. Well, I've always found him awkward. But he, was his, he is awkward, I was just going to say. Early on in his career, so when I, you know, when he used to go down, and um, Tony Dodson used to train with David Hay a lot, and... We were around, you know, that kind the of camp a little gym, bit, yeah. the haymaker, the camp and everything else. And and I, I always liked George, but he was always quite quiet. He was always kind of like in, in David's shadow. And maybe sometimes he liked it because ultimately he ended up on, with Shane McGuigan kind of with Dave, David again, which was kind of unusual. But for me, 
he, he was always good to be around. He's always a nice lad, but he was always a bit quirky. Like he had them weird tattoos, the big gingerbread man, and that weird. See the big fly on his yeah, arm yeah. and stuff like that. He, and he, he he liked to be different. You know, them weird suits he got on Soccer AM in like weird oversized suits and shit like that. He was always like a little bit of a juxtaposition, and but nice with it. Sound nice lad, but you know when he changed. When he beat Chudanov, the, the, the Paul, I said to him, it became a fucking normal, like he, the, the, the post, real George Groves. The post fight interview, I mean, everybody can see it. You can go on YouTube and you can have a watch of it. The post fight interview, when he's in the ring against like, oh, Chudanov, yeah. it was like the weight of the world had just been lifted off his yeah. shoulders. It was a totally different dude. And sitting down with him and having a chat with him, I'm thinking, you're all right, you? Yeah. Because usually at press conferences and all that, he always, it always felt slightly forced. It always felt like an act. It always felt a little bit too far thought through. Do you know what I mean? Like the the, the bus and all that stuff. To, for the, the Rubik's Cube and, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're like, oh, mate. It, you, it's not, it wasn't natural banter, you know what I mean? It wasn't just coming off his tongue where you're like, got a wicked personality. I mean, it, it, he's not intimidated. But now? But now, you think since he, he became world champion, right crack. he's just himself. He's just like, I haven't got to be fake anymore. Nothing to prove, I think, I is what yeah, it is. I haven't got to build this narrative around myself to try and get a world title fight. I haven't got to try and make something that isn't there or inflate something that feels fake. Once he became world champion, he was like, thank fuck, I can just be George Groves now. I can just be me. <laughs> and he's actually a sound lad. He's, he's, he's a top lad, yeah. Like, again, whenever I'd met him away from like media time, he was he was quite quiet, but quite funny as well. Like quite cool personality. But uh, I'm, I'm just delighted for him that he got that Chudanov moment because yeah. it would have been a travesty, especially because the way he was overlooked for the Olympics in favour of the Gale, even yeah. though he beat the Gale. And then the Gale won, went and won gold. So he was never going to, top that he could have matched it maybe if he'd stayed amateur but he's never going to top it so then to go pro first and then jay when they had their rivalry for the british title then he beat james it was like rubber stamping that legacy for him okay i'm better than james the gale yeah. then the amazing fights with frotch and when he got robbed the first time terrible referee uh stopping the fight early mate he's had a his legacy is absolutely assured and it's it's good that he's he can recognize that you know what callum smith is the future of this division domestically I'll never be Callum Smith now, 30-year-old George Groves with the wars I've been in. So this is a great time to go out. And as you say, he went out with a massive paycheck in his back pocket. Yeah, fair play with man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, go and have a look at it. Go and have a listen to it. It's there in all its glory. It's about 30-odd minutes of me just sitting down and listening to George Groves. He's a, he's a thoroughly entertaining dude, and we wish him well in his retirement. And that kind of leads me on nicely to the World Boxing Super Series of this year. Uh, because last year, we got some of the best fights. We ended up getting... Um, those fights put on logistically, even though there were problems. We had to go out to Jeddah to get the super middleweight final, didn't we? Uh, and this year, it just seems to be a bit of a mess. We all got dead excited, didn't we, when they announced three weight divisions, which might be one too many. Mm-hmm. They announced these three weight divisions. We were going crazy for the Bantams. We were going absolutely crazy for the super lights. And obviously, they got the cruiserweights in there, and there's some talented lads in there, but no real superstars, you would say, now that uh, your boy Usyk's uh, thinking of doing other things. So we're thinking, right, this is brilliant. And they put some nice little quarterfinals on, right? They're, right, when we're getting semis? When, we, when we're all getting semis on, as they say? Not happening. It was supposed to be February, uh, January, February, March. No dates as of yet. And then last week, it just went into total disarray. Now, a few people have tweeted me going, oh, you were a bit premature with what you were saying there, weren't you? Well, no, I've not been premature at all. This is, these are facts, what I'm going to give you now. Basically, Ivan Baranchik, who is the IBF champion at Super Lightweight, who is due to fight Josh Taylor in the semi-final, um, his manager on social media, giving interviews as well to various YouTube channels and TV channels over in the state, said, right, we've had enough of this. We were promised that we were going to have our semi-final 
uh, before March. That's in our contract. It's not going to happen. So we're out. We're off. Why should we fucking mess about? We need to crack on with our career. Mm-hmm. He's not getting any younger, this kid. So they, he announced, I think it was on the Tuesday, we are out. On the Wednesday, the World Boxing Super Series retaliate by then announcing the fight, the Taylor Baranchik fight for May 18th at the Hydro in Glasgow. So all the fans are going, way, there you go, tell you, you jumped the gun, all this type of stuff. The day after, Baranchik's interviewed again over in the States, or his, in, his manager's manager. interviewed uh, again over in the States, and he's going, no idea what you're talking about. We haven't res- resolved anything. We aren't participating in this. Job's done, mate. We're, we're out the game. So I don't know whether that fight's happening. At this moment in time, I know that the World Boxing Super Series are adamant that it's happening because they put a statement out saying, you break your contract, which is watertight, we're going to sue your ass. Yeah. Um, but then Baranchik's boys are all saying, well, he ain't participating in that fight. So I have no idea what is going on. We can all get giddy. Yeah. I wouldn't book a hotel yet. I wouldn't no. book any travel or anything like that, like that until you're here. Because we've not heard anything from Josh, have we? Not no. heard anything from Barry. Not heard anything from anybody that is connected to the actual fighters, just the organisation being the World Boxing Super Series. So I'm like, is it happening? Is it not happening? Is, is, what's the score? And why only announce that one? Mm-hmm. Where's the rest of them? It's like they announced that one deliberately to keep Baranchik under contract. Because uh, they must, you know, to... They've gone and see some legal advisors or something and okay. they've gone, right, you need a date for him because it's in the contract. You need a date. Yeah, yeah. Give us a date. You need to have the date by a certain point. You need to go, well, your date's there. In your contract, okay, you, we said you'd fight by March, but in the small print it says, as long as we announce the date by the 15th of Feb, yeah. then whenever that date may I be, agree. you're tied into your contract, which they is why the they've pants. They've gone to see somebody and they've just gone, yeah. right, there you go, we're covered legally now, so we can, we've can we given we ourselves a bit of time. In. We've given us some time to but sort it out. Obviously, from the outside looking in, whether that's trying to guess what's happening in either corner is one thing, but what's clear is World Boxing Super Series is absolutely on its ass. World Boxing Super Series, which was a revelation last year, has almost become but the laughingstock of boxing. But for fights, I agree with you. Yeah. The fights, the events, you go to and we saw some wonderful contests. Yeah. Logistically, it's been a mess from day one. I mean, yeah. TV deals, everything behind the scenes, all the rumours that we've been talking about regarding money. Yeah. It's never been nailed down. No. And the undercard, most of the undercards were pretty weak as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's why we were talking about this year. They should double up. They should double up and put two... Two fights on each, each and they round. Did. They listened and they to did. us. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, great, that's it. You're getting value for money now for the paying customer as well. It's not just about the TV experience. It's more about the customer as well, the, the actual fight going public. But the fact that, you know, we're now in February. The Taylor Baranchik fight seems like that date was just re- released to, for contractual reasons. The fact none of the others have been, you know, there's only so far until... Denair and Tete and Anoue and Rodriguez and all the well, bantamweights are going to well, start going, well, Baranchik, Baranchik, I think, is advised by Lou Bella. I think he is. Don't quote me on that, but I think he is. And if that is true, Progress is also advised by Lou Bella. Yeah. So what's Progress going to do? Lou, yeah. Lou is going to say, tell him the same thing, isn't he? He's yeah. going to go, well, he's out. Which what's could the be the end of the two super lightweight. Right? The, the, the big out. ones? Yeah. Because you would, you would think that Progress would progress to the final. He's yeah. the one that, I, that I've tipped that will be in the final with Josh Taylor. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? What's the point for Josh? He joined this to become a world champion. What's the point? He might as well pull out and just make the fight separately with those boys. Yeah. The, if I, I think Unless, I, unless Baranchik's now using it or his management are now using it as a... Renegotiate contract. Maybe. Or maybe renegotiate, we don't want that fucking Josh Taylor business because he's going to smoke us and we'll lose our title. So they're looking for a way out. I don't know. There's loads of different caveats and mm-hmm. loads of different angles and conclusions that we can all come to. All yeah. I know is that it's a mess. Yeah. It, well, listen, Baranchik wouldn't be pulling out. I, you know, 
I don't think any world champion is scared of anybody, I've got to be honest. But Baranchik's in this tournament for one reason, because it's a chance to become the number one and to earn more money than you can outside the tournaments. That's, that's why people sign off the World Boxing Super Series. The money they put on the table mm. is better than you can get anywhere else. However, the question mark now is, Do is they have the money, any money? there? <laughs> exactly. Is the money there? Are the Middle East still involved? Are the Middle East backers happy with getting the Groves versus Callum Smith? final out in fucking Jeddah last year was that did that appease them are they seeing the returns because like anything like this and, and you know Cali Sowland told us this to our you know he was honest about it and said a project like this it's you're looking at like three or five years before it makes any money mm. you need the backers to come in and go okay we see what we're doing here this is going to be huge but it seems like after an amazing group of amazing fights and everyone in the industry is talking about it but the problem is not many people footy fans Mm. guys who like fights but aren't necessarily switched in they're not catching it because it's the tv deals aren't right it's mm. not in the right places it's not in, in front of people's eyes this shit needs to be on sky or bt or even terrestrial tv mm. itv did no favors by banging it on pay-per-view channel and everything else it should have all been on itv one mm. it's an old i know we moan about this all the time but that was the opportunity they had with the world boxing super series but it was always going to be an issue you can't just, like, look at look what's happened to Eddie. You can't just roll into America and go, we're going to put on a tournament with all the best boxers and we're going to put it on fucking Fox or ESPN or whatever it may be. Because they're all locked down with certain people. Yeah. Eddie Eddie was only able to go over and take his cock out in New York because the zone came through and went, right, we're going to be big players here. Hmm. And they may well be one day. Right now, the zone aren't a big player. I know we go, ooh, how much money are they spending? But right now, not everyone in Nobody's America watching is watching the zone yet. No. no one's watching it yet. In the future, it could be the Netflix of boxing, but right now it isn't. Right now, it's a brand new market, and World Boxing Super Series signed up to the zone as well. I don't know. It's a precarious situation right now, and it worries me that Cali, who is usually so outspoken, has really not come out. I know they they've obviously announced the fight, but they haven't come out and gone. Everyone, calm down. That's what they should have done. They should have done a press conference the next day and gone. Everyone, calm the fuck down. Tomorrow we're going to release the dates, or even is dates. We're looking at this for Japan. We know a new way Rodriguez is going to happen in Japan. So at least go. It's going to be in Tokyo sometime between then and then. Working on it. This is going to be then. But the fact he hasn't hmm. makes me think there ain't there ain't no money. It is hmm. going to go belly up. Um, one person that is speaking is Anthony Joshua. He's not speaking to us. He's not speaking to any media mainstreams. He's speaking to his delivery driver or whoever he is <laughs> speaking to. That was so weird. Wasn't it? Who was that guy? Was he uh, Was he some type of... UPS he, or something. Man. Was it? Uh, he must have been like, judging by the call. He must have known him. It must have been like, he must have known because he was like, oh, I clear it with the missus, Sam. We're going, we're going to New York and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, he must be his mate. But his, what kind of a mate would stitch it up like that? Don't know. I'll record me ringing Anthony and then I'll bang it out on my social media. Mm. Just because he's... he's cause, so there you I go. Don't know. Very weird. But we, we D- Dillian's wasn't having exactly an... breaking news, was it? No. Dillian's having an April 20th uh, at the O2. Name your fighter. Brazil, Povetkin. Be uh, Brazil. It'll be Brazil. Um, and uh, AJ uh, is June the 1st in uh, in America, going over for a little bit of Miller time. There you go. Nothing more to say really on that. Nah, not really interested, to be honest. Um, Abner Maris, by the way, is out of his fight with Javonta this weekend. Um, detached retina. That mm. sounds a proper serious injury because originally it was reported that he'd done his elbow. So I thought, all right, cool. That's only, you know, a month, six weeks. Get that mm. sorted, to get yourself back in the gym. Job rate. But a detached retina? That's not good. That's not good at all. That's career-threatening type shit, that. Absolutely it is, yeah. 100%. Mm. So interesting to see what happens there. Gutted for him because I was really looking forward yeah. to that fight. 
Well, the, the, forward. well, this is all happening this weekend. It was supposed to happen this weekend. Javonta is uh, still on the card. He's still doing his thing. He's taking on Hugo Ruiz. It's for the W, well, his WBA uh, Super Featherweight Championship. There is another WBA Super Featherweight Championship fight this weekend, but it's for the regular belt. That's uh, involving Alberto Mercado against uh, uh, Andrew Cancio this weekend. Um, everything's happening over in the States. There's, we're still waiting, aren't we, for it to proper get going here in the UK. I know at the weekend we had a lot of obviously the Ted Cheeseman uh, card at the O2. Um, but for me, it really gets going on February the 23rd when Eubank and uh, DeGail get, uh, get in the ring and do their thing because on the undercard, there's some great fights. Joe Joyce, who's going on? Yeah, he's having a little bit uh, with Stavern. I think that's a wonderful name for him to get on his resume. And there's a couple of other little knocks on there as well uh, that I'm uh, looking forward to. But this weekend, uh, Javonta, I just want Javonta to take it serious. You yeah. know what I mean? Make weight, get in there, do the job and then start Getting getting lippy, get on that microphone and start lippy. saying the name Lomachenko. Start yeah. saying it because he'll come back down for you. He will. Yeah. Start making because that's his proper weight. That's Lomachenko's proper weight. So get on there, Javonta, and start getting lippy, son. Start well, calling to, out some big names because Javonta's got to become a big enough star. For he's only a baby though, isn't he? He's he still is. only a young lad. He is, and he, he's been he's been advised well to keep Lomas' name off his lips so far, but I think. You're right, this is the opportunity for him now to really start court. Because Lomachenko, I don't think, comes down anytime soon. Obviously, he's going to wait. He's going to fight the winner. Commie now. Yep. So, so, obviously, get Commie out the way. Potentially, crawler. potentially crawler if he doesn't move down at that point. In the meantime, um, he's waiting for Garcia. Maybe to come back down. Garcia comes down. But so, if Garcia starts, his Spence ain't coming down anytime soon. But Javonta Davis can start talking about this Lomachenko fight, knowing full well it probably isn't going to happen for 18 months at best, maybe even two years. But he can start that bandwagon now. He can start really campaigning for it to, mm. to build expectation, to make it a bigger fight when it eventually does happen. So obviously you expect him to blow away Hugo Ruiz, who's coming as a late replacement, um, defending his belt. 19 knockouts and 20 wins for Tank. You'd certainly expect it to be 20th knockout this weekend. So... It's a uh, it's a good card, man. There's quite mm. a few knockouts this weekend. I'm looking forward to doing me William Hill bets towards yeah, yeah. the end of the week. Mm. Uh, I think I want to do well, a, well, we'll a couple talk, of the accumulators. Well, we'll talk through it. And obviously, Nick puts these on uh, on social media at the end of the week once uh, all the uh, the odds are a little bit more static because at the moment they they haven't still come up as of yet. Uh, but we'll get you some proper odds by the end of the week. But he'll give you some tips as we're going through. So you're going for a tank stoppage, yeah? Tank stoppage, yeah. Probably inside six rounds as well. Right, he's going with rounds. Number. So now if it's not within six, you can give him shit. <laughs> Don't give me the shit. He said it within six, all right? Javonta Davis within six. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Ericsson Lubin is a knockout merchant, but we yes. saw obviously Charlo take care of him quite comfortably. Yes. Uh, a couple of fights back. He's taking on Ishe Smith. I love Ishe Smith. Do you? He's my mate. But me and Ishe are boys. Are you really? Yeah, man. We're tight, yeah. How the fuck was he a former world champion? Hey, mate, he was on the fucking contender. Wasn't he? He's a TV star. Listen. My boy's getting slept in. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> Sorry, Ishe. Sorry, Ace. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's getting slept this weekend. I she reckon, not, I reckon that's within six. Um, He's a tough guy, Ishe. And, and, and at the moment, I know he's he's in a really good place. Um, and he's, You know what? Go on, I think he gets beat. I think if he does get stopped, it'll be late on. Do you? Yeah, man. He's tough. He's tough as fuck. He's Ishe. He's, I think he's lost 10 and never been stopped, you know. Mm. I think he's been down, but he's never been stopped, Ishe Smith. So it's going to be a tough night for Lubin, but I think he wins every round and then probably gets a late stoppage. Big name for Lubin yeah, because it, uh, he's, it was a massive step up when he fought Charlo. And I thought, here we go. He's been knocking kids out for fun. This is going to be entertaining, but he got taken care of quite comfortably. Yeah. Um, obviously, with Ishe Smith being a former world champion, 
and there's an opportunity here to get a, re- a, a big name on his uh, resume. Uh, now, at the back end of last year, we spent some time with uh, Isaac Dogbo, one of the, or Dogbe, uh, one of the names that he was uh, mentioning quite a lot of before he obviously was beaten by uh, Navarrete, uh, was Ray Vargas. Ray Vargas back in action this weekend against Frank Manzanilla. It's the WBC Super Bantamweight Championship. Ray Vargas, for me, is he? Yeah, he is. He's the man at Super Bantamweight right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody that he gets in with, he takes care of. He's got uh, he's he's got some serious knockout power, and I fully anticipate him uh, to take care of this kid uh, at the weekend. He's got to fight that Navarrete, hasn't he? An all-Mexico clash. What an absolutely brilliant fight that would be. Mm. That's got to happen. I mm. don't think uh, I don't think Big Frank is going to uh, Francis. Big Francis, yeah, I don't think uh, Manzanilla is going to hear the final bell. I say it's going to be an acker full of knockouts this week. I'm, I'm, I'm cocky as fuck after last week's clean mm. sweep, so I'm going to go with Vargas, probably a stoppage. Javonta, Lubin, Vargas, yeah, yeah, all stoppages. Alberto Machado is definitely knocking out Andrew. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. So, so four L- knockouts, yeah. El Explosivo. I think to get some decent odds, though, mate, you're going to have to maybe pick rounds or round betting. You're yeah. going to have to group it up. Well, I think what I'll probably do is I'll do a little acker, a knockout acker of a lot of them. And then I might do, like, I'm definitely going to do Javonta around five, four, five, or six. I'm going to do, you know what I mean? All right. I'll do singles then as well. So then we get a couple of little cash ins. I think that's called hedging your bets. No, well, it'll be separate money. Separate money. But, uh, no, so how much, no, how much, how much do you want to bets. put people on? No, hedging your bets is when you put money on both guys to win. Right. This is not hedging your bets. I'm saying yeah, I'm going to do an acid of no, knockouts. No, no. Give me one prediction. Don't give me two or three different predictions. Well, I'm going to say Javonta Davis could win by knockout. And right. another bet, I'm going to say Javonta Davis round five or six. Okay. So I'm not I'm not going against my own bets. All right, all right. I just want to keep a little bit of a thread going here because we're on fire at the moment. So if you, so if you want a dirt to be great, here's a little bit of uh, exactly. the, the more... Uh, here's the acker. Yeah. And if you want to go balls deep, yeah, yeah. Here's if you want to go hardcore, here Javonta we go. Round six or whatever it may be. Yeah. All right, Javonta, Lubin, Vargas, and Machado, Machado all yeah. to win this weekend via knockout. All to win by knockout as and well. And he's going yeah. to pick some rounds for you a little bit later on. Nick's picks coming up by, yeah. at the end of the week on Keep social media. Open. Doing all right, aren't it's, you? It's the Sunday show, the Bob Adams show on the Sunday. That's that's tougher to call. WBC super lightweight belts that Ramirez and Zapida are going at it. That's a great fight, mm. and that I wouldn't like to. It and Beltran. It's on Box Nation, that by the way. Beltran Akedo's on the undercard as well. Some good fights there. That they're tougher to call, but I'm going to go for a clean sweep on them other four. Yeah, fancy it. Mm. Um, don't forget, we've got a new Instagram account at the Fight Disciples. Bit of content going up on there. Uh, and please subscribe to us uh, via iTunes. You can get this uh, just by searching out Fight Disciples. It'll come up in your feed. Um, all Android feeds are on our website, fightdisciples.com. And all other social medias are at Fight Disciples. All right? Um, loads of stuff on our YouTube channel this week. Like I said at the start of the show, the new Dan Hardy, uh, Mark Goddard shows up on listen. YouTube. Yeah, it's a good little listen. Go and get yourself stuck into that. And there's a George Groves interview on there as well, uh, which we've been speaking about throughout the course of the show. Uh, we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.